The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question and I listen more attentively? There must have been something in all of that nothing that wasn't quite so easy to see. Oh boy, this is going to be one of those shows. Are you on Twitter at all? No. 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 Twitter has Never become. Been a tweeter. It has been become so much fun. We'll talk about it. I've heard. I've heard. It's become so much fun since Elon Musk took over. So much fun. Got to get rid of this cold thing that I have. I just—it's been a month and a half now. It's like, got to get rid of it. I can't even do the papa pas. Eventually, I am going to go to a doctor. Well, that was going to be my next question: Have you actually seen a doctor? That could help. Yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. I got it. Oh, okay. I was going to say I got it covered. I hit the first bar, and that was it. Yeah. All right. Yes. This is one of those days where I just wish I could have stayed in bed. I mean, you could have, but then you would have just paid me to sit here and wait for you. I know, I paid for last week's show, and I wasn't even here. I'm like, I think I charge for that. That's how it works. Maybe the water will work. I had actually on my list pick up cough drops before the show. I got everything else done before the show, but that. Good job. Second time. Ba, 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 ba. Oh, no. you got two. You got yep. ba, ba. So, See, I am getting better a little bit. You the high note. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll start the show, All shall right, we? Let's yeah. get the show on the road. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan here with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, atop two guys, smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. You know, I don't listen to podcasts. And I watch news all day in my office, and they're always talking. We have guest so-and-so, and he's from the such-and-such podcast, the XYZ podcast. And everybody's got their own podcast, and it actually makes me start to wonder, maybe I should be doing something else. Because oh. when we started doing podcasts, nobody was doing them. Right. And we had our, our, our ratings were phenomenal, and they've been you know, straight through. They've been pretty yeah. phenomenal. But it, we, had, we were like the only game in town. And, yeah. now, and now everybody on the planet's got their own podcast. The only thing is everyone else is making money on their podcasts. And I'm still not sure how they're doing that. Like, I need like a teenager. I need like an intern that, that can is. come and figure out how we can monetize the show, the paper, the stuff that we do. Because I, I, I see these flipping teenagers on YouTube. And I, there's one kid, like he goes on like for 20 minutes a day. 
And the, he's making like $10,000 a year, $20,000 a year mm-hmm. doing YouTube. And I'm like, I'm killing myself. And we do okay because we have sponsors. Yeah. But like, we're, we're not making money on like the clicks and the hits. And I don't know how they mm-hmm. do that. So you, gotta, well, you have to find like, maybe you need like a, a high school or a college intern kid that can figure that stuff out. Hi, how you guys doing? How's everything going? Uh, we had Last week we were off. We did the um, whole Thanksgiving thing. Um, was, um, I have a new niece. Hazel, and it was nice to see her for the first time. She's only like a month old, so I spent most of my Thanksgiving with Hazel. Hopefully, you guys had a had a good Thanksgiving, despite the fact that your turkey and everything else cost you twenty five to thirty percent more than it did last year. But don't blame the Democrats or Joe Biden. Don't blame anybody in power. It's 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 always somebody else's fault. It's certainly not theirs. Um, I have a bunch of stuff that I want to get to today. There's a few things before we get into heavy topics. Um, so I belong to a group called TMF. It's called the Movement Family, and they go out every Wednesday night, and they set up a dinner for the homeless. And um, it's a bunch of kids. I'll, I'll just give you, like, the, the basics on it. It's a bunch of kids. It was started by Mike Gorman and a bunch of kids from Lawrence, mostly Latino kids who live in really horrible neighborhoods who themselves don't really have a whole lot. And they go out, and they set up tables, and they get donations for food. And I think last night I want to thank Harrow's Pies, who donated the dinner last night. That I mean, Harrow's turkey pies are just unbelievable. Um, and everybody was certainly happy to see them last night. And um, let me pull up that picture. So we're standing there, and I looked over, and I see this uh, girl that works for TMF. She's just a volunteer, and she's taking off her shoes. And I said to the person next to me, what the hell is she doing? Like, we're trying to figure out, what is she doing? She's taking her shoes off. Because we have a lot of people that come that are homeless that have mental illness problems. So when you see some, when we see somebody doing something a little out of character, we kind of keep an eye on them to make sure, like, you know, things are okay with them. And if they need help, we go over and say, hey, we've got people here from um, Rachel's Journey that can help you if you're addicted or if you have mental health issues, we can get you in somewhere. Um, and we partner up with a lot of different organizations who come to the dinner. And so we're watching this thinking, okay, this is going to be somebody we're going to, you know, we're going to have to take care of. And she's taking her shoes off, and I realized, no, no, this is one of our own volunteers. And it was because the homeless person that, that, that on the right had went over to her. It was raining all day yesterday and said, my socks are wet, my shoes are wet. Do you have any dry socks? And she didn't realize Nancy has a whole car full of, dry so- full of brand new socks, and I had a whole car full of brand new socks. And she didn't know that. So she took off her shoes and gave the guy her own socks. And somebody snapped a picture and posted, I think Jill Stackland did it. Uh, God bless Jill. She does so much for us. Um, took a picture and posted it on Facebook to show people the kinds of giving that you have in the city of Lawrence. Now, I come in here and I talk negatively about Lawrence all the time. There's a lot of shootings, a lot of fires, there's a lot of things that go on in Lawrence, a lot of political turmoil, although in the last year it's been much better since Brian came on board, but there's still a lot of political turmoil, and we talk about those things. Um, But the city of Lawrence, after everything that they've been through, the Columbia gas explosions, the COVID, Lawrence, by the way, had the highest COVID transmission in the state straight through 2020, because there's like 47,000 nursing homes in Lawrence. Um, Lawrence has been through a lot. A lot. And yet, the people of Lawrence, especially the kids, the younger people. I know I dump on the younger people and the millennials a lot, um, Generation Z or whatever they're called. But the kids in Lawrence are the most giving people I have ever seen in my life. And I've done like a lot of charity stuff. I've gone and covered as a reporter a lot of charity events. I've never seen the things that I see at TMF. I see, I see like last night, 
people taking off their own socks to give to somebody. Uh, people finding out someone needs something and then getting, you know, finding out where, what tent they're staying at and, you know, what alley they're in and then going back the next day and bringing them food, blankets, whatever, because they didn't have it at TMF when the person showed up. And, and that's a testament to the people of Lawrence. So for all of the negative, and I know a lot of people think that every time I post a negative story about Lawrence, I get a flurry of people on Facebook say, you, all you do is dump on Lawrence. All you do is trash Lawrence. And the fact is, they only pay attention when I trash Lawrence. The fact is, I do way more positive stuff about Lawrence than I do negative, and I do it on purpose because nobody wants their own community be, to be trashed. Even though I don't live in Lawrence anymore, it's, it's where I grew up, and I love Lawrence. I want Lawrence to be better. So when I write a negative story, it's not because I'm trashing Lawrence, I'm a racist, and I hate the Latinos who live there, and all the bullshit that you see on, on, on Facebook whenever I post a story about a shooting or something. It, it's, it's my job, okay? My job is to write the news that happens in Lawrence, and a lot of times that's negative. But when it's positive, I go out of my way to make sure that we talk about those things too because that gives you a total snapshot of the city. And I've got to tell you, I have seen some pretty heroic things in the city of Lawrence just in the last year. Um, there's a group, and I'm, I'm just going to give them a free plug because I love Manny Gonzalez so much. Manny Gonzalez is a, uh, a firefighter in Lawrence. And he, along with another friend of mine, Wayne Hayes, um, would go to all these fires. And obviously, Manny would go to the fire because he's a firefighter. He has to put them out. And they would go to a building where, like, there's six families living in, and the whole house is completely demolished. By the way, the Red Cross sucks. The Red Cross will put them up in a hotel room for, like, three days and then kick them out. And a lot of people think that, like, the Red Cross is putting us up in a house, I mean, in a hotel, and they're trying to find us housing. Like, they're, they're working on the case. And then they get thrown out and find out, no, nobody's been working on your case at all. You're now on your own. So what Manny and Wayne did is they set up a nonprofit called Heal Lawrence. And it's a bunch of off-duty firefighters and community activists who, on the site during the fire, will get the names of the families that are displaced and find out what they've lost. So sometimes there's a fire and the people on the second floor, their furniture is okay, but they, ha- they have to throw out all their clothes because it all smells like smoke or whatever. They, they, they need clothes, or, they, or, they, or maybe they need a couch, but they don't need a bed. So what they did is they set up online like a wedding registry, and they post what the families actually need so that the volunteers or people who want to help out can go online and see exactly what someone is. Oh, look, you know what? This guy needs a recliner. I've got an extra recliner. We'll donate it to this family. And, and so what they've done is what government doesn't do, all right? And this is going to go into what we're going to talk about later on. What, what they do is what government doesn't do, solve the problem, okay? Government never solves the problem. Government usually makes it worse. And some of these nonprofits, most of these nonprofits, especially if they're not local, they're all full of shit. They're not about helping people. A nonprofit doesn't mean they don't make money, all right? People need to understand this about nonprofits because it's a fight that I deal with almost every day in my office. Nonprofits are not being a nonprofit doesn't mean they don't make money. A nonprofit means that at the end of the year they have to zero out their budget. So places like Lawrence Community Works that gets millions of dollars in grants and donations every year, at the end of the year, if they've got a million dollars left in the bank, they have to spend it. So what do they spend it on? Themselves. They give themselves raises and bonuses and all the people that work there. Everybody gets a free bonus. Everybody gets a Christmas check because they have to zero out their account. Then you get places like Hill Lawrence. 
if you donate a gift card to, say, McDonald's or Salvatore's or wherever, 100% of what you give, there's nobody takes a salary here, Lawrence. Nobody, all right? It's a 100, just like TMF, it's 100% volunteer. And they go out, they find family members that have been displaced from fire through no fault of their own, and they, tr- and they help them find housing, they help them find furniture, they help them find clothing, whatever it is that they need, transportation to and from work, they will help you. They won't do it, but they have people they work with that will. And, and they deserve the shout-out because a lot of these, these non-profits like Lawrence Community Works and all these other places, um, I'm trying to remember what the other one was because I hate them even more, um, they, they, they're really all about themselves. Most of the nonprofits, here's how most of the nonprofits, especially even locally, work, except for the ones we work with. All right. So they go out and they petition their congressman to get a $10 million grant. Um, for example, Lawrence Community Works did one on, um, and this is probably about five or 10 years ago, uh, they got a $200,000 grant for green technology job training for Lawrence residents. Now, that sounds beautiful, right? It sounds lovely. Green technology job training. So I went to the ribbon cutting and they had the big check and they had state reps there and everybody's glomming for credit because this is a wonderful thing that we're doing. And when they were done, they asked if there was any questions and nobody ever has any questions except me. So I raised my hand and I said, uh, I'm, I'm just curious, you, you're going to be training people who are Lawrence residents for green technology jobs. Um, how many green technology jobs are there in Lawrence? Crickets. Because there are none. There are no green technology. There are no wind, windmill farms in Lawrence. There are no solar panel manufacturing places in Lawrence. In fact, they don't even have them in Boston. So here's what happens. They get the money, and they hire their own people to do the training. And the people that go to the training for free because it's a grant are all their own volunteers sit in a classroom where one of their own people getting paid teaches them about green technology jobs. And then when it's done, everybody gets a certificate and they all pose for a picture and send it to all the newspapers and say, look, we just trained 20 people for green technology jobs. We're saving the planet. And when it's over, you go back to Lawrence Community Works two years later and all the same people are working there and none of them are working in green technology jobs. But at election time, the congressman who gave them the grant, they all go out and hold signs for that congressman. Now, nonprofits can't help political candidates. But they don't do it as a nonprofit. They do it as individual human beings. So all the people who work at the nonprofit will go, let's say it's Laurie Trahan gets them the, back then it was Nikki Stongas, but now it's Laurie Trahan. So let's say Laurie Trahan gets them one of these. They all go out and they hold signs for Laurie Trahan at election time. They all volunteer their time at Laurie Trahan uh, headquarters to stuff envelopes. And I'm not saying she's done this. I'm just using her as an example. All right. So that's how the scam works. Your local politicians, your state reps, your state senators, and your congressmen go out of their way to get grants for these local nonprofits that literally do nothing to help the community. The people who work at the nonprofits make a fucking ton, shit ton of money on your tax dollars, and none of it benefits the people who live in the city that the grant goes to. But the people in the nonprofits then become a campaign arm of the state rep, state senator, or congressman that gives them the grants. So this is how incumbents always win. This is how incumbents, uh, in, the last, in, the, in the last election a month ago, there were 351 cities and towns in Massachusetts. Every single one of them has a state rep. Only one incumbent in the entire state 
lost their seat on election day. One. And by the way, that was our good friend Marcos Davis. It still breaks my heart. I love Marcos. But of all the, all the incumbents, all the state reps, all the state senators, the only incumbent who lost, one incumbent lost. And you know why that is? Because of what I just told you. They're buying votes. It goes back to the show that we had right before Thanksgiving. These politics, our system is so corrupted right now that it is, drive through the city of Lawrence and look at all the homeless people in Lawrence. It's that way by design. Nobody, most people think, gee, it's horrible that you, we've got such a homeless problem in America. Gee, it's so terrible. But what they don't realize is that it's by design. There is nothing that happens in this country when it comes to societal norms or not. There's nothing that happens in this country that isn't planned. There's nothing that happens in this country that isn't by design. It's by design. And I got a thing from um, the state of Massachusetts yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah, it's Thursday. Uh, I got a a letter yesterday saying that um, Massachusetts has changed the rules, um, but just to let you know, if you're over 55 and you die, the state's taking half your shit from from your estate. So if you're over 55, which is like, you know, elderly people trying to stay in their own homes, and you die, the state's taking half the estate. So you want to leave your house to your kids, your kids now have a mortgage of half the value of your home. Nothing that the government does helps. All of this works in together. There's no reason why TMF should have to go out every Wednesday night and feed the homeless because there shouldn't be that many homeless on the streets of America. We're the richest fucking country in the world. We're spending, we're, and this is going to go into some of our next topics, uh, we're, we're, we're sending billions of dollars to Ukraine and every other country to help them while our own American citizens are on the streets. Um, one more thing about TMF. So if you buy anything on Amazon, they have this program called Amazon Smiles. So if you go on and you want to buy whatever, you want to buy a sweater on Amazon, if you go to Amazon Smiles, and we are now registered as of this morning, and you go to the Movement Family TMF, every purchase that you make, if you click on the Amazon Smiles TMF, Amazon will make a donation to TMF. And it doesn't come out of you, so it's not like they add an extra dollar to your bill. It comes from Amazon. It's part of their charity drive thing that they're doing. So uh, we learned about this a couple of weeks ago, and thank you to Jill Stackland. I have to tell you, I'm so proud. I am so humbled to, be, to work with the, the – we have such a great team, uh, and, we, and it's really gelling really well. I'm so humbled and grateful to be working with guys like Kevin Druin, K9 Kevin, Nancy Gorman, Michael Gorman, Jill Stackland – uh, we've got a great, and, and by the way, if I didn't mention you, please, it, it, it's not a slight. Uh, I always have people who want to be thanked. Why didn't you thank me? Uh, that's, if you're that kind of person, by the way, I'm never going to thank you because that's, that's the wrong reason to be doing things. But I, I'm so grateful that the, the group of people that we have, as we speak right now while I'm taping this, K9 Kevin, we found out that a friend of mine that used to work with me at uh, Andover Livery, um, moved to Hawaii, had a great girlfriend, and got married. The guy had life by the balls. Found out two days ago he's homeless. And he got him, he lucky enough to get himself a caseworker. They put him up at a hotel in Tuxbury. And I was heartbroken because I loved this guy. We were really good friends for a long time, and I haven't seen him in forever. And I see this on Facebook that he's homeless, and I was like, holy crap. That was yesterday. Today, as we speak during this show right now, K9 Kevin is out getting t-shirts and food and items to bring to the Tuxbury 
motel that the state has put him up in. And while that's going on, Nancy is taking time out of work and making phone calls to try and get this guy into transitional housing in one day. That's the kind of people who are in Lawrence every day trying to help people. And by the way, for no thanks. They get nothing out of it. They don't post pictures and selfies on Facebook like this. Oh, look at me. I'm handing a sandwich to a homeless person like a lot of other people that you see on Facebook. They go out and they quietly do this on their own. They don't, they don't ask for thanks. They don't, they don't post it on Facebook. They're not looking for glory. Um, they're just people who really just want to help. And when they find someone that really needs the help and wants the help, and that's the real thing with the homeless, a lot of them say they want the help, but they really don't. They just want their next fix. And so you, you have to be careful who you help. Because there have been times when we've gone out and spent money out of our own pocket and bought someone a tent because they were freezing and they said they needed a tent. And a week later, we find out three other people bought them tents and they were selling the tents and using the money to buy drugs. So you've got to be very careful who you help and how you help them because for every one person on the street that is grateful for the help and really wants the help, there's three people on the street who don't want the help. They want to exploit your goodness have you give them free shit so they can go out and sell it and buy drugs because that's the way drug users are. It's just, it's every drug user is an, an incredible liar, an incredible liar. And it's hard sometimes, even when you're doing this every day, it's hard to tell who they are. So uh, I want to shout out to TMF, especially that kid. I don't know her name. I think it's Emmy, but I'm not sure. Uh, the, the girl that gave someone her socks. It's, it was, it's, uh, I saw it on Facebook. It was so incredible. I said, I have to take some time out of my show to talk about that. And I also want to thank uh, Scott and Judy Flagg, uh, who came last night and made some donations. Um, in, uh, they're from Methuen. They're not even from Lawrence. And they came into Lawrence to help. And Mandra, and I know I'm going to say her name right, is Bisconet, I think, who used to do a show right here called The Writer's Block. That's how I met her. She showed up with her husband on Thanksgiving night, uh, the night before Thanksgiving, for Thanksgiving dinner for the homeless, and they brought sleeping bags and blankets. And so we want to thank them as well. Um, so where do we want to go first? Let's talk a little bit about Neil Perry. Um, so I came in on the show a couple of weeks ago. We talked about Neil Perry giving a job to a city councilor's brother. Now, it doesn't matter one way or the other whether it's Jim, it was Jim McCarty's brother, but it doesn't really matter which city councilor it was. It could have been Jessica's brother. It could have been Eunice's brother. He still gave a job, which is nepotism, to the brother of a city councilor who votes on his budgets and proposals. And so we came in here and we talked about it and I wrote a story. And apparently Neil Perry spent about 10 minutes on his podcast, which... Um, I watched it three days after the podcast. He had 83 views. So it's, it's, it's not really, in a way, I shouldn't even talk about it because I'm, I'm getting him views. But he made a couple of comments during his show that I thought were a little funny, um, not in the clip that, that we're going to play, so I want to address them. Uh, I brought up the issue of nepotism and hiring a city council's brother. And for some reason, for some reason, he said on his show, um, well, there's a lot of family members uh, who work for the city, and I'm not sure why he said family members. I don't, I don't know what that means. Family members of who? And he started talking about Bill Manzi's son. Now, Bill Manzi's not on the city council. Bill Manzi's no longer the mayor of Methuen. And, by the way, I have never once mentioned Bill Manzi. It, this never had anything to do with Bill Manzi. But he knows that Bill Manzi's a friend of mine. 
And so he's trying to put a wedge between me, and there's no question in my mind that he's run back to Bill Manzi and said, Duggan was trashing your kid. But thank God all of, my, all of my shows are up online. So you can go back and you can watch that show from the week before Thanksgiving, and you can see that never once, because Bill Manzi's not a city council, so that's not nepotism, Mr. Perry. So stop trying to confuse people with issues that were not even brought up in order to, in order to cover up the fact that you hired the brother of a city councilor. But there is one thing that he said that I thought was interesting and that we should talk about. He, started, he starts off saying that one of the, um, one of the facts in my, uh, in my column, in my uh, Valley Patriot column from this month, uh, was that he sends out press releases when he hires people and that he didn't do that for Jim McCarty's brother. And he comes on and he starts with, well, yeah, but we don't really do that. When we hire police officers, we don't, we don't announce that. Well, if that's true, Mr. Perry, how come in the last three to five Valley Patriots, we have had pictures of the new police officers and the new firefighters that you hired? Where did we get that? We got it through the city. The city does send out press releases when you hire a police officer, not just a department head. So he tries to, he, it's a lie by confusion. He tries to get people to, to think that what I said was that everything, that, every, every hire goes before the city council. I've never said that. In fact, I never once said that this was a position that had to go before the city council. But he brings that up to confuse you. The fact is, and what I've pointed out and will continue to point out, is that you have a city council who votes on his budgets and proposals and he hired the brother of not just a city councilor, but a city councilor who kicked the shit out of him and called him corrupt and a liar for three years and then made a deal with him and suddenly Jim McCarty's carrying his water. And then Neil Perry endorsed him for state rep. And then after he loses that election, hires his brother. That's what I reported and that's what I said. Never said anything about Bill Manzi. Never said anything about him having to go before the council and, and being a bad guy for not putting this job before the city council. But I did say that you send out, the city sends out press releases every time you hire somebody. And it's not just department heads. That's just a lie. But he said something else and I want to get to, that I want to get to, that I, that I want to address. Because this is, this is what every, and it's about Neil Perry, right? But I want you to see big picture. Because every fucking politician does this, and it's so infuriating. They try to make you the issue. He tried to make me the issue. As if, when he was coming here doing my show every, every month, if he had hired Jim McCarty while we were still friends, I never would have brought this up. That I'm just mad because he won't come and do my show. Let's listen to what he has to say. Anybody on the police department or fire department from sergeant up, um, and assistant department heads and department heads... Those are the only ones we do press releases. Why? Those are the only ones that go to city council. That's true. It doesn't require a discussion with council. Didn't say it did. Um, it's the job of the executives to do the hiring. So dispel the rumors. Step away from the fantasy, fantasy. And understand no attempt was made to fact check that information before it was presented. It didn't have to. It was people true. that are upset with me because I'm even interested in here. But, you know, you've got uh, Mr. Duggan, who quite honestly is just... Because I won't go on a show anymore. Uh, you can stop and that for a minute. Trying to bait the mayor into a discussion. I'm not trying to bait you into a discussion, Neil. I don't want a discussion with you. You're a despicable human being. I don't want you on my show anymore. I don't want you. I don't want you participating in my newspaper. 
you're the mayor of Methuen. If you send me something, I'll publish it. But I don't want that. I don't want to be publishing your crap in my newspaper because now we know you're full of shit. Now we know that everything you say is a lie. Just like when you sat here for two straight years and said, there's no us versus them. And then went on your own podcast and said, I'm going to run for re-election because I don't want them to get power. Remember that? Remember that? So he's trying to conflate. He's trying, well, I, you know, the, this article was never fact-checked. I, don't, I never send those kind of uh, hires before the city council. Yeah, as if I said that. I never said that. Never intimated that. It's not even an issue. And then it's, well, he's just mad that I won't come on his show. Well, yes, I'm mad that you made a commitment to be here for my viewers and my readers, because we would transcribe when he was here. We'd transcribe the interview and put it in the paper so that Methuen voters knew what was going on. I am pissed off about that. You made a commitment, you gave your word, and you broke your word. But that's not the only reason why I'm talking about this. In fact, that has nothing to do with why I'm talking about this. I'm talking about this because you hired the brother of a city councilor. Get it? You hired the brother of a city councilor. And I was thinking about this afterwards. He's eminently qualified, the mayor says. He's, and he's doing a great job. And by the way, he might be doing a great job. But he's not an epidemiologist. And he's the brother of a city councilor. That's what it's about. And I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm going to keep saying it, because all of the bullshit in the 10 minutes that he spent ripping me apart, ripping my newspaper apart, none of it had anything to do with the fact that he hired the brother of a city councilor. That's what it's about. And I don't want to hear the whataboutism. I had people coming on my page going, well, what about this guy? He did bad things in another community. And my answer was, listen, this is the first time I'm hearing about that guy in another community doing it. I will look into that, and I will cover that if that's true. And I'm, by the way, I am looking into that. But that doesn't change the fact that Neil Perry hired the brother of a city councilor who votes on his budgets and votes on his proposals. And it's a double whammy for Neil because he's the guy who ran. His number one platform issue was the friends and family plan in Methuen is over. He ran against Jen Kinnan. And Jen Kinnan had a brother who was a firefighter, a daughter who works in the, in the school department, and her son works on the police department. And he used that against her during the campaign. And he beat the living shit out of her on that issue on the campaign. And he won because of that issue during that campaign. Because people were so sick of Jujuga and they were so sick of the insiders that they were worried that if Jen got in, she had so many family members on the department, on different departments in the city, that nothing would change. And they elected Neil, who then hires the brother of a city councilor. And yet he can, with a straight face, go on his podcast. Ah, it's just Duggan's just mad at me. Yeah, I am mad at you. You're a despicable human being. You screwed Janadita Tally. You screwed Tom Lucier. You screwed me. Every single person who worked on his first campaign, except for that, except for that guy who's got a contract with the city. Uh, his name is Solomon. I can't remember his first name. Um, my, I think it's Mike Solomon, uh, but don't hold me to the first name. But he's got a contract with the city. He makes money on the city. So, of course, he's helping Neil Perry. And by the way, has Neil Perry done anything about that? A guy working on his campaign who's got a contract with the city? Hmm. That's pretty interesting, right? But he's the only guy left. Every other person from that first campaign is gone. And it's because of shit like this. Now, here's the difference. When somebody came on my show, on my Facebook page, and said, what about this other guy in another community? I'm even going to tell you who it was. He said, Brian DePena hired this, the wife 
of a city council when he first got elected, when he first took office. Here's the difference between Neil Perry and Brian DePena. I picked up the phone and I called Brian DePena and said, hey, somebody just posted on my Facebook page that you hired a city councilor's wife. Please tell me you didn't do that. He said, yeah, I hired Greg Delisario's wife. She works, in, she works in one of our offices. I said, you do realize that's a conflict of interest, right? Like, I have to write about that. He's like, what do you mean? I said, Brian, I have to write about it. I'm kicking the shit out of Neil Perry and Methuen for what he's doing. I've got to write about that. Here's the difference between Neil Perry and Brian. Here's the difference between a leader and not a leader. Brian's answer was, well, you know what? Before you write that story, let me sit down with the lawyers. Let me, let me just make sure that like, this is a conflict of interest. And if she is not supposed to be here, we will find something for her outside the city. That's the difference. Neil Perry, when he gets caught, doubles down and makes excuses and keeps the brother of the city councilor on the city payroll. Brian DePena says, listen, if I'm doing something wrong, I don't want to be doing something wrong. Let me look into this. And if that's true, we will find something else for her. That's what a leader does. It's not what Neil Perry did. That's what Brian DePena did. And by the way, we're going to hold him to that. I love Greg Delisario. And by the way, am I saying this because I'm just mad at Brian DePena? No. Am I saying this because I don't like Greg Delisario? I love Greg Delisario. I love that guy. So it's not about who I like. I know to you, Neil, and people like you, you only go after people when you don't like them. So you're projecting that onto me. I know all of these politicians, let's look at a 30,000-foot view. They all do this. Someone comes out and catches them doing something wrong, and they make it about the person who caught them, not about the issue of what they did wrong. And that's the problem here. Now, this guy might be the best worker that the city of Methuen's ever had but he's the brother of a city councilor. Sorry, he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there. But Neil Perry, he's going to double down with his, 83, with his 83 viewers on his little podcast that he does. And it's really sad because, you know, I, 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 I bought into it. When he first ran, I, I actually cared about the guy. When his mom died, I, I, I cried. Like when I found out, and I loved his mom. His mom was one of the most wonderful human beings I've ever met in my life. I, I, I felt bad for the guy. Like I called him every day and he's like, I can't quote on what's going on in my office. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm calling to see how you're doing. Like I know, you know, your mom passed away and this is your first Thanksgiving and your first Christmas without her. And you know, if you want to go out and have a drink, just let me know. We won't have to talk politics. We'll talk about the Red Sox. I don't care. So it has nothing to do with whether I like someone or I don't like someone. Even when I like someone like Brian DePena, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to tell you what's going on. That's my job. Because as I said on my previous show, the people elected to hold elected officials accountable never do their job. They're not there to hold the mayor accountable. They're there to get favors from the mayor. Because it is now three weeks since I broke that story. And not one city councilor has raised an objection. Not one. Especially, you would expect from the council president who had nothing to say. All right, I had 20,000 other things to get through. We got five minutes left in the show, right? See how that works? We're going to have to do like a whole cleanup show where I just breeze through all this stuff. Um, if you've been following uh, Twitter, Twitter has been so much fun since Elon Musk took over. God bless Elon Musk. Maybe he'll turn out to be the Antichrist. We don't know. Because at the beginning, like with Neil Perry, at the beginning, you love them because you think that they're one thing, and then later on, they turn out to be something different. And I hope Elon Musk doesn't turn out to be something different. But he took over Twitter, and the left in this country has lost their collective fucking minds. They are going apeshit. 
because God forbid there's free speech on Twitter now. They thought that they had all of the platforms of social media locked up so that if you're a liberal, you can say whatever you want. In fact, I've seen liberals on Twitter prior to Elon Musk taking over call Clarence Thomas the N-word, called him a house N-word, okay, and didn't get banned on Twitter. But Tom Duggan posted on Twitter to Rob Reiner, the meathead from, uh, from All in the Family, where he's talking about how we should put Trump in jail. And I said, yeah, let's hang him before he even gets a trial. I got banned from Twitter for that because that was encouraging violence. But the guy who said that Clarence Thomas was the N-word, and I screen captured it and I, and I reposted it asking why Twitter wasn't banning this guy, was because he's a liberal Democrat. And he's attacking a conservative, but even though the conservative is black, racism's okay. If someone's a conservative, racism's okay if you're on the left. That's their hypocrisy. So now that Elon Musk has taken over, all that foolishness has stopped. And now what the liberals are doing is they're going on Facebook under fake accounts and posting pro-Nazi stuff so they can screen capture it with their other account and blast it out to their one million uh, followers and say, see, since Elon Musk took over, there's all this Nazi propaganda on Twitter. We have to stop free speech. Listen, you don't have to stop free speech. You know how you stop misinformation? And by the way, there's no such thing as misinformation. People can be wrong about things. I have a friend that thinks that we never landed on the moon. He thinks that it was all done in a Hollywood studio and that the government faked us out. Now, that's wrong. We know that we went to the moon. We know that. But who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, we might find out we were wrong. So can we call it misinformation? I don't think that we can. And by the way, there's no such thing as hate speech. Hate speech was invented by communists to stop free speech. There is no such thing as hate speech. Yet if you poll 20 random high school graduates that have been graduated within the last five years and you ask them if hate speech is an exemption to the First Amendment, they'll tell you yes, because that's what they're being taught in their government schools. So Elon Musk takes over Twitter, and now we're finding out, and the greatest thing about him taking over Twitter is he now has access to all the data of all the shit that happened before he got there. And he's now starting to tweet out that Twitter illegally influenced the last two elections. And he says he's got proof. And he also says that in full transparency, he's going to release it to the public. That's why the left is freaking the fuck out. That's why Democrats are yelling and screaming about Nazis. Because the louder they scream about Nazis, the more they, they know you're not going to pay attention to what's really going on. So don't get fooled. Don't get fooled by all this Nazi talk. I know actual white supremacists. Anybody on CNN or any of these other ridiculous shows on cable that talk about Nazis and call people Nazis know nothing about what they're talking about, nothing. And I'm going to give you an example that I talked about on a previous show as we wrap up. I got a guy that I grew up with who's a white supremacist. He lives up in Maine. He's part of some militia. I maybe see him like every once every 10 years, but he's on Facebook, so we kind of talk back and forth. And a couple of years ago, the left, the Democrats, were all flipping out because there's a black guy on the box of Uncle Ben's rice. And that's rooted in racism and systemic racism and slavery. We have to stop it. So they took Uncle Ben's picture off, the black guy, off Uncle Ben's rice. And they said, we can't have a Native American on the butter because that's cultural appropriation. It's racism against Indians. So they took off the Indian off the butter. And they said, Mrs. Butterworth, it's racism. 
So they got rid of Mrs. Butterworth. So while all this was going on a couple of years ago, I picked up the phone and I called my friend up in Maine, who, who is a white supremacist and a proud white supremacist, believe it or not. And I said to him, I said, Danny, listen, what do you think about all this stuff about taking stuff off the food? You're a white supremacist. Does this hurt you guys at all? You know what he said? He said, I love it. He said, I love it. Who wants to look at a bunch of black people on the boxes of food when I'm walking through Hannaford's to buy my food? I don't want to look at minorities on my butter, on my syrup, on my, on my rice boxes. In fact, I won't even buy that rice because there's a black guy on the box. Really? No kidding. So all these people who said that in the name of fighting white supremacy, we had to get rid of all these figures on food boxes were really playing into white supremacists who actually love it because they don't want to look at minorities on their food. And I bring this up because I want you to think about this kind of stuff every time you watch CNN or any of these other cable shows or anything in the mainstream media where they talk about we have to do something because of white supremacy. I want you to ask yourself, does that person know one fucking thing about white supremacy at all? Have they ever met a white supremacist? Because nine times out of ten they haven't. They know nothing about it whatsoever. But in the name of white supremacy, they're going to do all this stupid shit that actually ends up feeding into white supremacy. And, why, and I know we're up, but why do they want to feed into white supremacy? Why do they, why do they want that? Because they want to divide us. The more white supremacists there are, the more they feed into the white supremacy, the more they can say, look, a Nazi, look, we're the good person, look. So I bring this up because I want you to think. I want you to th- do One thing Elon Musk said, he tweeted yesterday, that critical thinking is dead in America. I'm paraphrasing. There's no more critical thinking. Start thinking critically. Don't have a knee-jerk reaction when you're listening to the news, when you're reading the news, when you're watching the news. Don't have a knee-jerk reaction. Think about it. Like, how is taking a black guy off rice hurting white supremacy? Because at the end of the day, it actually helps white supremacy. All right. Thank you, Chrissy. Uh, next week, I'm going to come in and have a topic for you because we want you to talk more on the show. Okay. We definitely have to have that. I loved that idea last week. Um, yeah. We can roll up Mel. We'll pretend I know what I'm talking about when it comes to news and politics. Yeah, right? I don't even care. I don't, you could read poetry. I couldn't care less. Okay. You could read box scores from the, from, the, from the Bruins. I couldn't care less. Oh, sports. That's even better. Right. That's, oh, should I, I got, oh, we're doing great now. I got to thank my sponsors. Me. I forgot to thank my sponsors. Let me pull them up if we have time. Yes, we should definitely. All right. McLennan Real Estate, Century 21. We're going to have Matt come in here maybe next week. I'm going to call him this afternoon. Uh, housing market is really kind of doing some funny things. Lazy River Products and Drake at Best Cannabis in the Merrimack Valley. Marcin and Sun Construction. EIS Investigation and Gun Training, who donated over $1,000 worth of supplies to TMF over the last couple of weeks. Thank you to Joe and everybody over at EIS. Uh, Barelli's Deli, where I'm absolutely going to get my food after the show. Tomo's and Shaken Seafood. Free shout-out to Clear Path to Veterans New England. AFC Urgent Care. And our buddy Dave Id Consoli at Pleasant Valley Landscaping. He's going to be horrified that I talked about Neil Perry today. Yeah. Wow. And that's it. You had, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I had a great Thanksgiving. You did? What'd you yeah. do? Yeah. Just hang out with family. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Oh. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home, right? I guess. So I guess you better go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.